guess you ain't from around here, yeah I guess you ain't from around here, yeah Look at what we did in the past year, yeah A lot of green like a pasture A lot of busted like a pastor Yeah, enjoy it while I'm still here I've been on the up and disappeared like the rapture No mad raps in the cheap short I'm just shopping in my Sears I ain't no soothsayer Just a truth seeker, boo tweaker Might just make a meal while I'm getting meeker just make a meal while I'm getting meeker Do I sound clear? Can you hear the soothing timbre in your ear? Look at what we did in the past year yeah. The last episode, sorry, was the last episode Hey everybody, welcome back to Ebbs and Flow That's Esoteric Bible Study for Love of Wisdom I'm Danny Naki Dan And I am here today with the beautiful Morgan B What's up Morgan? Hello, hello also I'm here with us to today. Here. Thank you guys. Is Nomad. What's up, Nomad? Peace, everyone. Glad to be here. Uh Joshua the Branch may show up a little bit later. We'll see. Uh, but he's out partying like an animal. So uh we are joined today on random occasion. Uh what's it called? Uh spontaneous occasion, I guess is more apropos. Uh from the chat just brought him in pk how's it going hey hey glad to be here and it was quite random <laughs> just saw uh what nomad in in the in the chat he's like i'm off to esther bible study i'm like i pm pm him real quick Where where's that what's that so here i am excellent man well good to have you glad here. here we're yeah. glad to have you it's uh, a little bit different for us, but we accept that. We like it. We like a different voice. And uh, just a little bit about yourself, like uh, as far as religion and stuff like that, what is your kind of take on religion um, or denomination? What do you subscribe to or your thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So I was raised uh, Methodist and grew up with that grew up kind of uh more or less forced to go to church <clears throat> until um i was maybe about 15 or 16 and then it was kind of like hey do you want to go and you know sometimes i'd say yes sometimes i'd say no that was cool uh then kind of going on from there i uh pretty much stopped going to church. I, I I felt like something, I don't know, was off with it. I, I felt like it was fake, to be honest. Uh, just the, the whole connection there and how like, you know, they talk about the Bible and, and it was kind of like they were literalists. And I'm like, you know, you guys really think so some guy was in a fish and like all these stories. I'm like, you think someone put all these animals on? I was like, it never made sense to me. And, you know, it was hard to get answers to real questions like that in uh in in church and i don't know if that's a denominational thing or or you know i feel like that might be the same kind of across the board so anyway fell off from that but then come you know covid i think it was a blessing for so many reasons because it kind of my eyes were, were squinted open and then that shit opened my eyes wide open and and uh kind of dove into everything kind of found my spiritual path um I'd say as far as Christianity goes, I think it's, uh, you know, it was the, the religion I was raised in, probably the certainly the most familiar with, but 
I like to view all different types of religions. Um, I believe the Bible is an exceptionally uh, written book, although I do have a feeling it's been uh, messed with a ton of times, and I have reasons for that. I also like to look into, as far as when I'm studying the Bible, I like to look at the other translations. I like to look at the Hebrew. I like to look at the Greek, um, you know, and that's all also, you know, take it for what it is sort of thing, because the, you know, there's a whole conspiracy you could get in, you know, to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, was it, was it written in Hebrew first or was it written in Greek? Some people say it was written in Greek. I know the main thing is like Old Testament was written in Hebrew, New and Greek, right? That's the accepted uh, story of it. But anyway, I've uh, yeah, I found I found Marty Leeds a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I like got into him, and he he shared some great things, you know, back in the day when he had his website and a um, bunch of older videos and stuff like that. Uh, so that kind of opened my eyes to the whole Dramatria stuff, and yeah, right and, on. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a uh, it's it in a nutshell cool well all of us pretty much use a different bible on here and we go over the discrepancies in words uh that's relatively part of, of the show when we do each episode um and uh yeah we we talk about all different mythologies and all different religions and incorporated that all into the study and into the bible itself and the descriptions that it's giving us to uh congeal it i guess with the rest of what's going on in uh, the ancient world so today we are on genesis chapter 9 and uh i have a screen view here if if you guys don't um this is from king james and uh i'll read the uh, i'll read up to number 14 and then you guys uh can take over from there if you like but um we're just going to read this covenant of the rainbow part and it says and god blessed noah and his sons and said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Every morning thing, er, oh, every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat and surely your blood of your lives will i require at the hand of every beast will i require it and at the hand of man and at the hand of every man's brother will i require the life of man whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed For in the image of God made he man. And you be fruitful and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, 
saying, And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh, and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. So I'm going to stop there, and uh, let's kind of just go over that first half, chapter 9. Because then next it gets into Noah's sons, and then uh, Noah's shame and Canaan's curse. And I kind of think this this deals more with the be fruitful, multiply, the eating of meat, um, which I thought was interesting because seemingly in the beginning of Genesis is kind of more vegetarian, like, you know, meat seems a little bit more off the table. Uh, but here then it's like, I'm giving you meat to eat also. But then uh, it goes on to say, but surely your blood of your lives will, I require, not that part, but flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat so i get a little confused there so if any of you could help me flesh that out a bit (laughs) well i think uh what he's saying is like don't eat the blood right uh so like you know a lot of people like a a, a, like a lot a lot of people like a bloody steak right uh so maybe that's you know frowned upon i guess i also was i just wanted to point out that it's um in this passage as it's saying god it's talking about the Elohim. So just so we're, because mm. I, you know, that's one thing about the Bible. That's why I like to use the young literal translation is like a lot of times they generalize the Lord Thank and you. God when these are titles. So I like to know like, who are we actually talking about? Right. And so, and theoretically, this is a plural God. We're perhaps talking about multiple entities that are working in unison. Um, and I think when it was originally talking about vegetables, I was just about to look this up it might have been Jehovah who was speaking. And so again, this is why I like to look at the different uh, fruits of these spirits. So I'm going to look that up, but Morgan has something to add. Yeah. This is actually a very good, um, thank you for bringing that up because it led me into what I was going to try to say. And that is the old covenant versus the new covenant, which is like a huge thing in Christianity is deciding that um, Adam's blood is not the same 
as physical Israel. So it's like the division line between Israel as a nation, like sharing the same blood versus Israel as like a nation state, like where you had been fruitful, multiplied without tilled the fucking soil everywhere. You know what they say? And then, you know, bring about an entire nation of Israel, not just of your own blood. Like, so basically, um, you can go have sex with other people now. It's, it's like part of, it's called dispensationalism in Christianity. Mm-hmm. And there's three main, three main key uh, points to that as well when it comes to that. Um, and it's, there's a distinct difference between Israel and the church. So like the blood of Christ versus the Israel as a church. Uh, the Old Testament taken as literal. It should be taken as literal. And the purpose of God is uh, for the sake of the glory of God. Um, so, yeah, it brings about a lot of uh, different types of sex when it comes to Christianity, just from this one passage alone, when it comes to the old covenant versus the new covenant. So I wanted to point that out. Awesome. I've never heard well, yeah, and- sensationalism uh, before so thank you yeah, yeah great point morgan um and then i also wanted to just clarify what i was saying so i went to genesis 3 where it's talking about you can eat all of the fruit and talks about the garden etc and it is jehovah so in verse genesis 3 8 for example and they hear the sound of jehovah god walking up and down in the garden at the breeze of the day and the man and his wife hide themselves from the face of jehovah god in the midst of the trees of the garden um and then even up above it's talking about jehovah so this whole early chapter here when we're in the garden it's jehovah essentially and so again just mm-hmm. see, looking at that difference of like elohim versus mm-hmm. jehovah so if we go back to genesis 9 when it's talking about god um, and if we look at the original Hebrew, uh, verse eight, you said, or I said Genesis eight, the one before this, when he got to the top of the mountain and burned the flesh. Right. Well, just to, cause we're in Genesis nine though. Right. So just, mm-hmm. just based off of what we we're reading, I wanted to point out that when it's saying, and God saith, this is a token of the covenant and all of this, if we look at the original Hebrew here. Um, it says it's the Elohim. It, it does say that. And it also kind of like mentions that not, not quite, but it seems as if he's doing like a trial and error or it's multiple people or that that's why there's a huge disagreement between the churches on this one topic alone, because it is Elohim versus Yahweh, not, not versus, but it's like, these are, distinct different voices talking or whatever um and also i want to mention well i guess we're not well yeah okay so when in genesis 1 28 it said what now elohim needed to instill fear into the animal kingdom to ensure man's survival at the time animals would have multiplied quicker than man would have quickly exterminated them so uh like the so it 
it's the trickle down. So the fall, he gave Adam government over all things living on this one when we fell again and started over again. Uh, the governance that was put into place, uh, domesticated cattle didn't like domesticated animals didn't have that fear put into them that the animals did. Does that make sense? Hmm. So the first time, um, you know, we had dominion over all animals. So possibly could like make them do things for us telepathically. Who, who knows? We had dominion over all things. We lost that. And then we're lost. we just keep losing it. So. We got kicked from the garden. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah and yeah. then fear entered the equation. And then we started sort of losing that trust relationship we had with the animals. That's kind of how I yeah. see it. It's like where, where, the heel the serpent is going to bite the heel right like there's and the serpent represents the beast system and so we're sort of always in that turmoil with the animal kingdom mm-hmm. so now we're we should be like stewards so we we right turn into like stewards of animals versus which just... is what we're always supposed to be like and, and that's why my whole thing is trying to get back to the garden and how to live like it was how god's yeah. perfect plan was because I think that is our role. And I feel that like when I'm taking care of the land, there's like an energy there that is really unmatched. Um, and so I think there's something to that for sure. What do you think about all this PK? Yeah. Jump in yeah. I heard you mention, um, I heard you mention a transliteration. Uh, is that, is that what you're looking at? Uh, just one thing I have here is I, I'm not seeing in uh, the eighth verse, I still see Elohim in mine. I'm not seeing the the YHVH, uh, which is typically what you'll what you'll see translated as Jehovah. Oh, I was saying no. Jehovah is in chapter three. So earlier in Genesis, oh, when three. we're before sort of the fall, and I think even Elohim is mentioned in early yes. Genesis too. But when we're talking about the the fruit and the trees and all that, it was Jehovah. And there's one specifically, one verse that I'll try to find where it's actually saying, like, these are the foods to eat, the herbs of and the grass and all that. So you're saying that um, in this and in, in this part, it's saying that Elohim is saying, eat the flesh? Yeah. He's, that's saying, my, don't, that's my he's saying, don't eat the flesh. Elohim yes. is advising so, against eating flesh because it is his flesh for when we die. No, <laughs> it's, I think our blood is for him. <laughs> I think it's the opposite. So the Elohim is saying you can now eat the meats, essentially, but don't eat the he blood. Is. That's exactly what he and because we fell again, right? So this is our third time. We're we're we've fallen third time three times, guys. I'm gonna thus far. Oh yeah, I'm gonna read this again because I think this is like um I, I wanna try to understand it more because it seems like we're all on and- I want to read the I want to read the time. transliteration when you're done, what what I have, which is like the word for word Hebrew. And again, I don't know how accurate it is, but it's still it's super interesting. But yeah, go ahead, yeah. Let me uh, read this again, and I'm gonna read a little bit faster. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth, 
the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon so that means uh animals are going to be in fear of humans now and upon every fowl of the air upon all moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea means like we are the top of the food chain now that's kind of how i take that into your hand are they delivered they're all for you to use and do what you want with so, so far every morning thing every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you even as the green herb i have given you all these things so that we're all pretty much cool on but this part but flesh with the life thereof which is the blood thereof shall ye not eat does that mean not to eat of living things or not to eat of it while it's alive only after you kill it can you eat it is that a or maybe after it's already because see here's here's my whole thing you know as like a vegan when i look at if there was i'm not saying it's wrong to eat meat necessarily but i think if you were to do it in my ideal world it would be like a a full circle system where like i've probably given this example before but like in alaska when somebody hits a moose there's a whole line of people waiting to go get that moose and like make sure it doesn't go to waste right right um and so i think perhaps it could be something like that and i think there is maybe something important about the blood itself which we're not supposed to actually eat uh, so yeah that's my two yeah cents. i'm gonna keep going because then it says and surely your blood of your lives will i require at the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man, and at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Yep. That sounds like Grim Reaper-ish to me. Yes, his, not ours. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're renting these bodies. Uh, don't let me spill anything on it, okay? But we are, though, and we actually are. And in spiritual sense, I mean, we're spirits inhabiting bodies in that sense, and these are just here temporarily. But our spirit is eternal because energy is energy, right? Can't be created or destroyed. How so. do you think that energy mm. is transferred? I think maybe blood is it. like the plasma, or like mercurial, like the spiritual aspect yeah. or part of it or our thought process at least That's like a, blood has a lot to do with more than we give it credit for i, I think mean, that's blood a very, is life i think that's a very good point about like the plasma and blood and the life force and blood and like where does your spirit actually re reside does it reside in your blood cells or in your blood or is it in your brain or you know some ask some people a lot of people ask like where is the seat of god or where's the seat of consciousness and uh i think there's been some science about blood and uh plasma and blood and and maybe the unification of all that blood in your move in your body the movement of it is what creates the spirit in some form or fashion I, i'm not 100 percent sure but that's an interesting maybe it sure helps anymore maybe it maybe it helps the spirit um sort of inhabit the body like the blood is what helps the spirit inhabit the body because i've had out-of-body experiences where it's very much like my spirit my consciousness is outside of my body and still 
thriving, right? <laughs> so I don't think it's necessarily that the blood is what um, allows it to exist, but perhaps it's what allows the body to inhabit it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, blood, blood's like, I kind of think of it like the, the in alchemical terms, the, the mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Right. It's it's the messenger. It's the yeah the uh, movement. Kind of what do you every, think of when happen. you when you think of the lovers the lovers card? It has Tarot. two people. <laughs> well, yeah, but it <laughs> it had it's like an agreement with the 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 two serpents around the staff. It it's it is not only a just like contract agreement with someone it is a relational agreement it's a blood contract it is a like it's more than just say like it's 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 more than the two of cups if that makes any sense you know what i'm saying like it it's uh it's a serious relationship Serious relate. Oh, maybe that's like the whole idea of blood brothers and, um, you know, poking yeah. your finger and the, touching blood with each the other. Whole Mount Hermon combining even. your spirits. I don't know. It's very interesting. The whole Mount but, Hermon event. Yeah, well, number six. Think- so you got six, six sex, right? It's the the five is is the the pent, mm-hmm. and then the six right after it and the rider weight has the sun in the middle and then you have the male and female um and then a mountain and you know i'm going to sound like mario and lucas uh lc king but you know you got a mountain in the middle you got a man and woman on the on the side you you could see that maybe that's the axis and then you have the sun and moon uh going around them sun and moon being being your masculine and feminine energy if you will depicted by uh male and female humans Mm -hmm. definitely mount maru could be your pineal gland and it could be your left and right brain in that sense oh there you go it's a mutual agreement that has more than just a, a relational like a thing about it like it's like Marriage. okay well we're gonna we're going down for this yeah it's like is it a love story <laughs> what do you guys think how does this relate to like a blood sacrifice right so is there something to that of like that's what allows the spirits to sort of uh connect with this realm when the blood is shed and that's why we hear a lot of stories about like ghosts and you know um spirits yeah. and things happening around death well the, well, weird the ground thing, has to be fed after it's been fed the weird thing about ghosts feeds you, you feed the ground. is is that usually ghosts occur from some type of tragic event uh you know they're shot or suicide or or they die unexpectedly car crashes those types of things uh is usually what produces like ghosts in the sense that we know it you know sacrifices on the other hand are more in the sense of like you're you're sacrificing that animal or or in some cases humans uh for their blood 
to be shed for God and or whatever gods it is that it's being shed for. Uh, because even in right. Christianity or old school Christianity, uh, in, in the Middle East, they still sacrifice sheep or goats or whatnot to the gods so or to God. So what what is why is i mean right here it says that all, all your blood is mine and all the bl animals bloods are mine too so it's very interesting when we get into because cain killed abel right yeah he did was that a sacrifice to god <laughs> mm -hmm. well i think it because that was even... his sacrifice that was what he did once you read on, right, it's talking about like if a man kills a man, like his life is also required. It's it's essentially what he's saying is God is within us all. God is within the blood. The blood is the messenger. The blood is the conduit. And so I think the point here is to understand that and understand that everything around us that is living, that has blood is part of God uh, in a way. So does that mean we have yes, to wait sir. for a deer to die on its own in the forest before we're supposed to eat it? I don't know. I don't know. I think you need to ask God about that one. Pray on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that cut and dry. So one one quick thing. Uh, one quick thing I'd like to say about the the word sacrifice. I feel like uh, uh many of these words that uh you know have come down right. It, it, sacrifice seems like it, it's an old word. Like it's been around. You could probably pull any dictionary, yeah. you, the oldest dictionary you could find, probably sacrifices in that word or in that dictionary. I, I just wonder though, you know, if, if you look at the etymology of sacrifice, right? It's pretty you, you see sacred there, and it's like, okay, you get all that raw. And and we have this idea, we have yep, yeah, raw. We have this idea in our head that that sacrifice, you know, means like slitting the throat of a lamb and like actually doing some sort of like ritual sacrifice like that and i just wonder if if our ancestors these you know these old authors uh use that word differently um because you could think of it like mm -hmm. you know take a woman's a woman's cycle every month she 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 sacrifices her essence it's not by choice it's it's nature it happens you know, so that's like a blood sacrifice every month uh, that the that the woman gives back to the earth, and you know that's just I'm just pointing out that that's a, a way to use the word sacrifice that perhaps we've come so far away from, uh, you know that now we look at it as killing animals and stuff like that. I, I would agree with that. That was a good point because uh, you know. Like, uh, I think sometimes like the whole idea of like, uh, I guess harvest in a way is once you harvest everything, you kind of all share, uh, what you have. You don't just take it all for yourself. You're supposed to share it because you have the abundance. And I think sacrifice of the same way is like, if you're, if you're raising cattle or you're raising sheep, uh, you want to sacrifice one. Uh, because you don't want all of them to die. So you're saying like, look, I have an abundance, but I'm giving some to you. So, because I understand like, it's not, I can't all be for me. So here's your sacrifice to the Lord who gave me this, uh, this flock this year. And, and now this is yours. And 
the rest is for me or the rest is for me to share or sell or whatnot. Uh, I think that's very interesting. I feel the same way about the word rape. I think rape back then was used in a different way also. And today we use it in a completely different way. But as the gods were often raping people, but I think, uh, I think that was more of like a, a spiritual thing. I think in a lot of ways to be raped by God was uh, a good thing or they wanted that. Demonic possession. No, I don't Incubus, think it's demonic possession. <laughs> Incubus, succubus. <laughs> Always demons shit. and cults and sacrifices with you, woman. <laughs> being raped maybe, I mean, maybe it means like a not consensual uh overcoming well, um, raws in the name again right it's first uh, two right. Letters. right so there's something spiritual i would say about it or something that represents god uh because raw raw appears in some in sacrifice and all these different words and it's usually something that's pertaining to the lord or the god or or and whatever and in any religion too by the way not just in one so real quick i wanted to touch on the uh sort of etymology of the word sacrifice so looking at the hebrew word it's zebak and the zabak. root of that word if we look at the root of that word it essentially is saying uh to offer or to kill or to slay. So there obviously it could be used in, in multiple ways, but it's actually used as offer more than it is kill or slay. So really it could just be to offer something, right? Like we're saying of uh, being selfless, that act of being, um, if it won't flow through you, it won't flow to you kind of thing. Like if yeah. you're just going to hoard everything up, um, that's not how our system is meant. Like there's, is there such thing as stillness? It seems like everything is in movement in one sh way, shape, or form. It's actually harder to try to stop having any thoughts, and that's harder than just letting your thoughts flow, right? So I think there's something to that, and I think that's why the story of Christ is so powerful because he showed us how to live that. Uh, in a, and not only did he show us, but he, he taught us by just asking questions and making us think for ourselves. Yeah, I want to add, too, like nature is... Uh nature itself takes away and gives right so living within that nature cycle if you're domesticating animals those animals are no longer going to be in that natural cycle because you're domesticating them so uh, committing the sacrifice is a way of i think almost like bringing them back to nature or bringing it back to nature uh, because you, if you're there in the wild they're probably gonna you know all 20 say of your sheep are probably not going to live past this age and a few of them are going to die so it's a way of staying in that cycle by sacrificing um one of them does that make sense i, I wonder if they sacrificed more than one too if there was multiple sacrifices of like a a herd or whatnot or a flock or you know, like you have 20 pigs and you sacrifice two. Is there, is there like some type of formula for how many you have to sacrifice based on how many you have or anything like that? You know what I mean? So that, this reminds me, I have, I have a 1737. I found this 1737 PDF of, of a, it's like a dictionary encyclopedia and, and something to do with etymology. 
but holy crap, the word Holocaust, like Holocaust, what we think of, you know, with the Jews in Nazi Germany, this was a 1737 definition and has a complete different, like if you look up Wikipedia and stuff, you'll see, you know, you'll see it say um, that it comes from a word, the etymology of it is like to burn in a sacrificial way. And so yep. it was, it was something before it was what it is now. And yeah, what, what you're describing and asking Dan is, is crazy. This, this uh, detailed explanation of slaughtering 27 bull or I, I forget the numbers. 27 is kind of, um, it's in Leviticus somewhere. Does it say how many? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has it a you, list of how much they would do, when they would do it. Yeah. Yeah, it goes into super detail. Yeah, and again, Holocaust the Elohim being. Too, by the way, isn't Holocaust bread? I haven't heard that one. Or a fe- some type of festival? Then they have like a Holocaust. Wasn't that like a festival? No, it, it. But it was like a. It was something that that they went through often. It was, it was a familiar thing and it's not only a familiar thing for jews um it's a familiar thing for every ethnic race was it like every like everyone has gone through a holocaust i'm saying i'm just saying they used it for a different type of word they used i thought it meant like bread like hala hala is a bread i thought it was called like Holocaust or, or, or there was like a festival of bread that was called Holocaust or something to that effect, or maybe it had to do with a, a winter uh, solstice type of thing where they would have like a Holocaust festival where they would, you know, sacrifice something or whatever to, and then have the festival. Uh, I just thought there was a different, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought, I thought I've heard that before. Heavy Metal Holocaust Festival, nineteen eighty one. I don't think I don't think that's what I meant. <laughs> like, like, cause Pentecost, right, is a festival of uh, five, right, of of Pentitude. Um, it's a festival of. I, I'm not really sure what Pentecost is. Help me out here, Nomad. I don't know. <laughs> It's a sect of it's a religious sect that actually goes more in line with the old covenant versus the new covenant. Pentecost is a Christian holiday which takes place on the 50th day, the seventh Sunday after Easter Sunday. It commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and other followers of Jesus Christ while they were in Jerusalem celebrating. There you go. So essentially celebrating the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holocaust? Is the Holocaust a winter festival? No, the Holocaust <laughs> is like a fucking cost of your damn life. Hey, I'll be happy to read this thing for you guys. I think it's super interesting. And I'm almost... Why don't you just read the definition for yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm getting there. Uh, give me a second. I'm on 
real quick while you're looking for that. Yeah. So again, I wanted to bring up, so a lot of these, these stories and these things we're being told are by the Elohim, which can mean rulers, judges, divine ones, angels, or lowercase gods. So I'm just curious on like what you guys think about that. Mm -hmm. Like is, are these like entities that we're wanting sacrifices for some other reason other than like, like is sacrificing animals in your opinion, what the most high really wanted? Nomad. Are you going to go from that to sacrificing animals? Well, because that's what the Elohim, right, is sort of what we're talking about. Have you ever heard Elohim translated as powers? I didn't hear you mention powers. Okay. No, I I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you mention powers in there. And that's what I have in my literal Greek translation is what I've heard other, some Hebrews, you know, say. Yeah, Some that Jews could definitely be like uh, it was rulers. Powers. So like yeah. the kings or yeah. like the lowercase or, gods or, or like or the, the trickster the, gods. The, the forces, the forces of this realm. Yeah. Like yeah. not not as in kings or in entities, but talking about uh, the forces, things that, you know, make things happen here. And in a sense, uh, you know, things here die like at life sustains life. Or in other words, death mm-hmm. sustains life. For something to live, something has to die. That's just yeah. like that's what where that's we are. Kind of what I was talking about it's is true. keeping that nature cycle alive. If you're domesticating, that's no longer alive. Uh, so you have to you have to sacrifice in order to keep that kind of whole whole system going. It does seem like there's some consciousness or intelligence behind these stories so that could just be us sort of um you know again making up stories to better understand and be able to remember and to uh, be able to spread the the information right um or do you guys think so that's like the one option or it could be an actual intelligent power or force what if you guys had to guess what would you say i have in my notes it says um god said to Noah and his sons. And I'm like, well, who's authoring this? You know, like who said that God said this? So, I mean, honestly, Noah, because when God shut the door on Noah after the flood, Noah could have come here and been like, oh shit, I am God now. And literally, you know, went on and taught people how to be gods i mean but he wasn't claiming to be god he was sort of doing the opposite right well he was the only person with the knowledge right and so we have all these stories that were passed on audibly or or so we're told and then i think i think people would say that moses sort of wrote boom down and and scribed it right and so a lot Moses would be the person saying or writing it down at least that God said that. However, he would have probably heard the stories from Egyptians <laughs> from the Hebrews and he's putting it all together. Yep. Okay, I was not yeah, I was gonna ask to I was gonna a- ask I was gonna ask <laughs> what what do you think? What was the question? Like what do we think 
the Elohim is, or what do we think the authors think the Elohim is? I mean, both are well, great <laughs> questions, but I'm curious what you guys feel. Like, what do you, you know, like, because we're st- it's so hard if you guys have played the game telephone, right? We know that words get translated and stories get told so differently just based oh, yeah. off five people just right next, next to each day. other. Or, yeah, in, the next in the same day. Well, that's what this five, is. Five people up. Yes. <laughs> like that's what one, language one, is. One, 10 minutes, it will Absolutely. change, right? And so for me, it's more important to like, spiritually connect and and actually like feel these things right like what feels right um and i think that the bible is great and it tells us a lot it teaches us a lot but i think it's important to really do the inner work and and connect um outside of all of the programming that we've been given and so yeah i'm curious just to go around like what do you guys think the elohim was do you think that was it was it it could have been just a general term that has been translated for many different entities right mm-hmm. and at different periods of time um it could be just the same group yeah. of entities that are working as like a federation whatever you want to call it um yeah. what do you guys think i'll just give a one word answer olympians I'll okay fair enough a that two makes word sense. answer yeah it's the council of Jason gods. and the Argonauts. It's the council. <laughs> I'll give a the, I'll, the Dodonna wood. <laughs> it's so it's Athena. I'll take a stab at it. Um I I think the Elohim have have you guys ever heard? I don't have receipts for this. Have you ever heard that there was seven Elohim? For some reason I want to say there's like the seven Elohim sages and seven. The seven, seven sages, planets. yeah. Seven planets. So the Pleiadians. There's so much uh, esoteric things around seven that, Mm -hmm. you know, I won't even bother rattling off. But I think there's something to it as far as the emanations go, or you could say as the powers, how how mind you can call, which we don't really have a good word. The the good word for what I'm trying to describe is the Greek word noose. Yeah, in OUS. Okay, we don't have a good we don't have a good translation in English. But what I'm trying to say is how mind that noose, the divine mind becomes matter. Um, somehow written throughout all this stuff, I think there's something to do with the seven there, and like that's the layers uh, that it takes for mind to evolve into physical matter or us uh, living things. So. Yeah, shockers, all of that. So I think they're that's that's the Elohim. I don't think I don't personally like to buy into the whole other entities trying to control uh humanity stuff, talking about otherworldly entities. Um, I I think we're what you could call hermetically sealed. Usually people say like the earth is hermetically sealed. I like to think of it as in like we are hermetically sealed and uh, we have a choice, if you will, uh, to let negative energies in or or not. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's little ghosts flying around or a little evil spirits flying around uh, trying to do do mischief. I think we're protect. I think and then I think if they are Christian, we're protected from that. Uh, there we can't see them. Um, some people claim that they could see them, but that's another story. I can't see them, so I, I can only speak of what you know my experience is. 
I relate. The general uh, consensus doesn't like bring that out as like the sky is blue. We all know this. The sky is generally blue, right? So people don't necessarily say like I see entities and that be like a normal thing or like you know if enough people do, then that will happen. Yeah, I think there's definitely yeah. a um, a barrier between us and the spirit realm that I think sometimes can be pierced and yes. can be transversed. But mm-hmm. I think that we are sort of protected. And I think when, you know, I, I do think there are like intelligent, I think there are intelligent um, entities outside of our realm. Uh, there's so many mythologies behind it. It's kind of hard for me to ignore that idea like the jinn are a, f- a famous yeah. one that's in multiple cultures and they're said to be able to manipulate our reality but not our memories and i find that super fascinating and i kind of see evidence for that the way that you know like the mandela effect is probably one of the better examples where people remember things differently um but our reality is is sort of looking different than how we remember it right and so i think there's a lot of evidence for intelligence beyond our realm and the fact that we are perhaps that is just the spirits and we are the avatars in this existence and so there's you know there's that transverse of our spirits going to that realm and then coming back that oscillation i've often said that the i think there's sort of this oscillation at play between the spirit realm and the material realm and i think sort of the trap is thinking that one is better than the other Mm -hmm. uh because i think we're just sort of oscillating we are. Yeah. Then I'm you get into actual oscillation, which is like wind, which is a whole different rabbit hole, if you if you will. I think that was an um, excellent question. But uh, uh, Morgan, did you have anything to add to the Elohim talk? Because I have this beautiful weave that I want to share with you guys. Spirit. So Holocaust, I looked it up, means sacrifice. Uh, Wikipedia. Burnt offering, redirects here for other uses, see burnt offering. A holocaust is a religious animal sacrifice that is completely consumed by fire. The word derives from the ancient Greek holocaustos, which is used solely for one of the major forms of sacrifice, also known as burnt offering. The etymology and usage, the word holocaust derives from the Middle English holocaust, which derived from the Anglo-Norman holocausti and late Latin holocaustum. Its original root was the neuter form of the ancient Greek holocaustus, holos, whole, costus, burnt, or keo, I burn, with the use of rough breathing to pronounce the leading H. Um, it goes on to say Greek sacrifice, holocotin, is one of the two chief verbs of Greek sacrifice in which the victim is utterly destroyed and burnt up, as opposed to uh, to share a meal with the god and one's fellow worshippers, commensal mm. sacrifice. In the latter, the edible parts of the sacrificed animal were roasted and distributed for festive celebration, whereas the inedible parts were burnt on the altar. 
those being the gods share. Although not actually obliged to do so, Greeks would rather sacrifice a domestic animal to a god or hero and then proceed to use its flesh as food than simply consume it without a sacrifice, as animals were thought of as sharing in the sanctity of life in addition to their secular usefulness, milk, eggs, and plowing. This did not apply to game, fish, and other seafood, which formed a far larger proportion of the diet than they do today. Fish was the major food source sold in ancient Greek marketplaces. So sacrifice need not be a public function involving priests and altars, they could also be held privately, domestically, or individually. These are the two ideal types of Greek sacrificial ritual. They are appropriate to different divinities done for different purposes and conducted by different method. Holocausts are apotropaic rituals intended to appease the spirits of the underworld, including the Greek heroes, who are the spirits of the dead. They also give in, uh, to dangerous powers such as the Kares, Kyrus, and Hecate. One of the earliest attested holocausts was Xenophon's offering of pigs to Zeus Melichius. Holocausts are conducted at night without wine and offer black hided animals at low altar with their heads directed downward. And all of these they are opposed to the commensal sacrifice given to the Olympian gods. This distinction is between extreme types and was somewhat ex exaggerated in the early 20th century as by Jane Harrison. Considerable evidence has also been found of commensal sacrifice offered to heroes. So I think that's along the same lines as kind of what we were talking about with the sacrifice and what the Holocaust yeah, is. Man. The burnt burnt offerings uh and and pk you mentioned zadok right didn't you say that no. word? Zadok or zabok you say with it with it was it with a b i said zaba which was like the root uh, word or which is the hebrew word for sacrifice zabok yeah that's interesting okay well that's mentioned there zadok zadok, uh, zadok hakohen uh, also spelled S-A-D-O-K. Uh, interestingly, uh, he was like a, a was a Cohen priest, biblically recorded to be descendant from El Eleazar, the son of Aaron. He was the high priest of Israel during the reigns of David and Solom Solomon. He headed King David during the revolt of of his son Absalom. Absalom was sub Absolutely. subsequently instrumental in bringing Solomon to the throne and officiated at Solomon's coronation after Solomon's building of fire of the or building of the first temple in Jerusalem Zadok was the first high priest to serve here so Z Zadok is where the Essenes pick up like their belief system and part of that belief system is to sacrifice your penis uh yes i was just about to say neutering yeah neutering a non-fertile cast of social right? insect it's a sacrifice yes you're, a worker bee uh-huh you're, you're giving yourself yeah, up to um, be directed by god because you're no longer have uh these human uh 
human things to do here anymore. You're now uh, in his basically command. So I just wanted to bring up uh, this other kind of aspect of sacrifice. Um, sacrifice doesn't always yeah, have those to are be great points. something to do with uh, the killing of an animal, but usually it's referred to in the subject of God. So just, you know, well, yeah. Are you able to go back to that page where it's talking sure. about the Holocaust? Cause that actually blew my mind. I didn't know. I didn't know really any of that. Um, and that it, it even mind. mentioned the Olympians. Yeah. Right? And that's what you were talking about. Perhaps I didn't even know. Uh, or the Olympians. Yeah. I didn't even read that's this my whole before thing. I like, said that. <laughs> the idea, the idea of sacrificing animals specifically and, you know, people, all of this that never sat well with me. And he, and I've always sort of theorized that perhaps the Elohim, perhaps these stories of old were not um, sort of the represent representatives of the most high, but were indeed like the fallen and were entities trying to sort of take advantage and get us to do but, things for them. Yeah. So this kind of where real quick, let me finish my thought. So this is where my mind goes, right? Because then we have the story of Jesus, which is totally different. He becomes the sacrifice, tells us we no longer need to do that sort of thing. And he he tells us to treat to love our enemies, to literally do like the opposite of all that. And so for me, this is like these are different entities. These are different fruits that we're seeing. And so this is just helping sort of solidify that thought that I've had. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and what I would say to that is, 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 is this like actually fallen gods, or is this fallen humans putting these like lower vibration uh, ideas onto God, so that way they can, uh, how how, how do you say like, uh, like abstract themselves, like hide themselves from it, sort yeah, of, or, or, or be like, or become a god themselves. Like puppeteer behind the curtain, right? So, yeah. or say, but say, like, if you're, they're putting it on the gods, like they're saying, well, our god likes sacrifice, so we can do that. So now it's okay for us to do that, uh, because that's how their culture is, anyways, and they're sacrificing things and people and whatnot. So they put those ideas onto their god, so that way they can say that it came from God for them to do so. So, is it really the gods that are the fallen ones, or is it the humans? that are putting those ideas onto God so that way they can have uh, anonymity yeah, behind I it. Don't, I don't think that people would just be like sacrificing for the fun of it. Like I think that idea came from somewhere because it's a pretty grotesque and, and hard thing to do. And so would you I drink the punch? Personally, no, I think that <laughs> At the Jim Jones were, Festival? <laughs> no, I think that they were doing this in order to connect. Like we were talking about the blood being that messenger, right? So what? if these spirits wanted to connect with this world and they're fallen, they're stuck in that state, the only way they can do that is by getting humans to sacrifice and they connect to with that blood. To kill themselves. Yeah. Well, I want to I go over this one more time. Uh, this is uh, chapter 9, verse 5. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast. I will require it and at the hand of man and at the hand of every man's brother. Will I require the life of man? Do you think that maybe people could have taken things out of context and put that onto God themselves because they wanted to have that because they wanted to still, they wanted to believe that was true. You know what I'm saying? I think, 
I don't think because gods to me is blah. I think people make this shit up in their head, but they're putting this idea onto this higher being so that way they can have this idea for themselves because they want it to be true. You see what I'm saying? Not really. So you're saying they want the idea of like sacrificing their best animal. They want that to be real. I'm saying when it gets into like the more like dark area of sacrifices, not like in like I'm sacrificing my animal because I want, you know, to give it to the most high because, you know, that's part of nature or whatnot. I'm talking about like sacrifices like people would associate with like Moloch and stuff like that and these dark demon sacrifices. Because even in there where it talked about the Holocaust, it said it was doing this for these heroes or these uh, deities, right? Uh, which were, uh, I always forget the word, but sub deities, uh, the, lower, the lower ones, but yeah, they're the lower deities. They're the d- demons of basically the underworld. So they're, they're doing these sacrifices for those gods that are dead and gone because, and now they're in the underworld because they were bad gods to begin with. And so now they're doing sacrifices for them and they're eating flesh and doing these things that they're not supposed to do where the other sacrifices seem to be more in ritual where these ones seem to be more in demonic because it even said that they usually took place at night but i mean again that's kind of when you eat dinner so i mean and have festive eat because you're usually working during the day or whatnot so i'm just saying well so it's interesting to me that the holocaust is sort of talking about this actual like sacrifice essentially for some sort of spiritual gain Mm -hmm. or uh something like that right and so we have the actual Holocaust that was ran by Hitler, and we know that he was into very occult practices and all of this magical um, research and things. So kind of where my mind's going is, well, was he actually trying to make like this crazy sacrifice to appease the Olympians or the underworld gods yes. to get power mm-hmm. on Earth? Like that's kind of that's what I'm thinking happens. Um, and actually seeing it in the actual word just sort of confirms it that like the etymology behind that it's crazy um pk did you have like a screenshot of something you wanted to share that was relative to this well yeah i was just uh the definition i finally found the definition of holocaust from this 1737 encyclopedia and do you guys want me to read it i feel like there's uh it gets into some detail that you just can't really find anywhere on the internet yeah, anymore. Go um, for it. That'd be great. All right. I'll read it. And if I mess up, it's because the, the S's look like F's and all that. It's written. It, it's the old English. Uh, so I'll give it my best. So <clears throat> the Holocaust, the whole and um, the whole and Greek to burn. A sacrifice among the Jews, which all was burnt upon the altar, as was their daily sacrifice, the Holocaust, was to be a bullock without blemish that was brought to the tabernacle of the congregation. The hands of the person who offered it being laid upon its head was done by way of acknowledgement that all that belonged to him 
were the effects of the divine bounty. This was killed by the Levites who sprinkled Mm. the blood of it upon the altar and having taken off the skin, cut it into pieces and laid it on the altar and burnt it for a sweet smelling uh, savor unto the Lord. There was also a libation. I don't know what that means. There was also libation. Libation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a libation of wine or drink offering poured out. And while the victim was burning, the music played and the priest offered up a prayer that God would accept the sacrifice. After the temple was built, there were daily uh, there were daily offered two lambs for a holocaust. Uh, the one in the morning before the one in the morning before and the other in the evening after all the other sacrifices and on the sabbath day and the new moons the number was doubled the holocaust were two young bullocks a ram seven lambs which was done every day during this solemnity of the passover and also on the day of Pentecost and on the Feast of Trumpets, a bullock, a ram, seven lambs, and a he-goat, the same was also done upon the Day of Atonement. And upon this solemnity, can't say that word, it's like solemnity, the high priest offered before he entered into the sanctum, sanctum sanctorium, a bullock for a sin offering and a ram and a he goat for a holocaust. And at the feast of tabernacles, 70 bullocks were offered during the time of the festival which lasted eight days so there you go then with the festival um then one little more paragraph the heathens were probably in imitation of the jews offered holocaust to their false deities here's some bashing of the heathens uh from this 1737 uh of their false deities and the consuming of sacrifices holy by fire was a general custom till prometheus as it is said brought brought in the burning of only a part and keeping the remainder for his own table which precedent was afterwards followed by others and that's it that's interesting i like that little part last part about prometheus too because he's the one that brought fire so it's very interesting that they just completely sizzle it he opened the portal you know what i mean well what was he saying that keep some of it for yourself or for him or what was it can you read that part again for him yeah yeah again that's to me the olympian sort of warring even and it's like (laughs) prometheus is trying to get his right uh uh, yeah, I, I, this is great. This is I'm learning. He a said. Lot. He said. Uh, 
and the consumings. Whoa. Never mind. Oh, I have it here. My computer just glitched out. That was crazy. Uh, well, it's okay. I think I get the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let me just move on. But yeah, so I don't know. What do you guys think about the difference between Christ and the, the Elohim? I'm kind of the t- go ahead. The Laura. eras are confusing. He said that the pagans were watching heathens, the Jews. Right? Mm-hmm. The heathens do, were sort of yeah doing what the Jews do were, these just festivals, and then following what they were doing. So they caught. So the pagans were doing these festivals after the Jews. That that's what okay yeah, yeah. I, I take this thing okay so this is seventeen thirty seven encyclopedia I th- I take this thing you know as their history then so this is this is you know who knows maybe a, a you know a Jew wrote it who has his you know uh, we were first like everyone thinks they're mm-hmm. first uh, America thinks they're Everybody first thinks Italy they're thinks they're first, they're first. Yeah. everyone thinks they're first maybe it's one of these things that whoever wrote this you know thinks the heathens copied the jews but you know if you ask that the turns the story i mean that that literally turns the story because that the the festivals are what they're known for and what they were ridiculed for and what we still do to this day that we don't even know so this is like kind of like shocking kind of not really because i have my own theory on the where all of this can comes from but um I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if that were true. Uh, no, Mad, your question was, uh, what, 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 do, what do we think of Christ and the Elo- Elohim? And yeah, uh, do you guys think they're uh, sort of the the same fruit, like the same yes. of the same tribe, if you will? You do think so? I think all the gods, right? If Jesus is a God and Yahweh is a God, they're all part of the same fruit. They're all. Yeah. So the Elohim. They're working uh, together. There was like a, w- within the council of the Elohim, there was like a chief God. There was a God that made all the decisions. There was like a president and then, you know, his Senate or whatnot. And so in that sense, like, I think that Yahweh at some point became the head of the Elohim or that Senate, or however you want to look at it. And then his son that was later born uh, was to come down and help, sent down to help people get out of this, uh, like, decrepitness of death and destruction and kind of rise up from that. It's kind of like how I see it in the Bible, you know what I mean? Uh from that point of view right but is that what you is that what you feel like is that what you or is that just based off of like study right because that's what it seems if you just go off of like the bible and and text right they they try to no really they try not. to really connect jesus with the old testament um i think that the more that i study and the more that i just pray and things it seems like to me christ is more representative of of source of like the most high but i do not get that same energy when i'm reading the stories of yahweh and of the elohim Mm. yeah no 
Yeah, I feel well, you. Well, even in the my chapter nine, uh, the chapter title is called New World Order. I mean, like, so <laughs> in you have to consider Enoch's whole story as well. And that whole like conspiracy, even afterwards, like that's still going on having to do with all of that brotherhood bullshit. Um, if you really look into it, uh, there was a lot of shady shit going on and Enoch knew about it. And he is the grandfather of Noah and Noah knew all of this information. So like, there's nothing that these people didn't tell each other. What's in the Bible is like just what is revealed to us, right? Gene- genealogies included. Another Life's interesting thing that stood out to me, sort of <laughs> bringing it back to uh, Genesis nine. One of the things that stood out about what we read—I don't even think we've read the whole no. passage, so maybe we can move on after this. But uh, yeah. I, there was one part, and I'm trying to find the specific verse, but it was talking about the rainbow. And I guess you have it up here, huh? Um, it said that he got God is or the Elohim is putting the rainbow in the sky essentially to remember. As in like he doesn't <laughs> know. He needs to like make sure that when he's going through the different planets or whatever, that this world is like marked differently. It's like he, it's like a it's like a marker of him, like a bookmark almost. That's kind of how I I read that. And so to me again, this is saying like the Elohim are not all knowing, like they need to actually have like a bookmark so they remember what they sort of were doing here. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Or or they're the the powers, they're the force that makes that seven colored spectrum right, of light, seven. which we call yeah. a rainbow. Mm-hmm. You know? So in 917, the old hydrologic system, this is like basically in 917, it said uh the sign this is the sign of the covenant that i have established between myself and every living thing among this earth so basically what happened is he established a rainbow so what he did was he he changed the hydrological the hydrologic system of how our planet works yes water like the so that changed at that point so um you know and then the vapor canopy theory that you know also has to do with that 917 um it's a hypothesized stratospheric umbrella of water vapor that enveloped the earth pre-flood um the second day of creation so there's that theory as well but but what happened was the the water system changed. Can think you scroll about, to 14, Dan? Yeah, hold up. But think about this for a second. If there is a paradise and it's always sunny all the time, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Think <laughs> think right now like what the tropical climate is. It rains and then it it's hot the next day. It rains, it's hot. It's it was raining while it's freaking hot. You know, like Hawaii is, right? You know, Matt? So this is like the yeah. tropical system. So if, if you're in a tropical system where it's hot and then it's raining, the reason why that happens is because the heat produce the heat from the sun produces 
uh, uh, heat on the ground and on the water, which creates this water canopy. So that would make sense. Yes. And that's why it talks about opening the gates of heaven to flood the earth from above and also from below. So both at the same time, the water inside the earth and the water above it go down together yes. at one time and create this earthly flood. Right. And I think there are uh, actual reasons why we have the rainbow. There are, there are obviously mechanics involved that had to happen to make that a reality. But what we're reading here is the why. The why behind the rainbow exists. And it's saying so that they remember if you go down to 14 yeah, uh, but 15. That's... And so that's just well, what you just think that's random, like they just put that in there for fun. Or what, like, what do you think? What yeah. does it say? Can you scroll down? It's, yeah, it's let's right read here. It. It's right here. Oh, oh. Oh, isn't it? Oh, maybe it's different in mine. Oh. I thought he said 14, 15. Mine could be different. I'm in the YLT version. Yeah, but that's I think right here. It is. Yeah. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Um, so that's, I guess, what it says in yours. And, and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I'll remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. So to me, what it's saying is, is now the canopy that because of the tropical kingdom is gone and now we're in a different system, a different climate system. Now we have a rainbow. I'm not, I don't believe that it's saying like, I'm marking this with a rainbow. So that way, you know, that I'm never going to flood again. I'm, I'm thinking that because all we do now is talk about the next oncoming flood. But so what I'm saying is because the, conditions of the environment changed now we can see that color spectrum when it yes. rains because there you go because we have the lower canopy of clouds they're way they're way lower maybe they were once higher at one time or maybe it was all mist uh, you see a lot of these like ancient histories about lands of mist and fog and stuff like that so Maybe there's something to do with that. And the reason why we see the colors is because now there's like a there's like a green screen behind the these the rainbow's always there. It's only now that we see it because the clouds are lower. You know what I'm saying? But the color Dang. spectrum's always in the sky. Well, it's after the fall. I mean, the seasons change. Right. Like after we keep falling something changes and everything gets worse so right see what i'm saying no mad you with me no <laughs> well no i mean i get what you're saying and i again I, I, there's mechanics involved like there's mechanical reasons for why we see it and there were things that changed about our environment right. i agree that it was all mist and water was coming up from below i'm just saying i think that perhaps there was a deeper uh, reason behind why we actually have the rainbow now not just because uh like again it's like cause versus effect i guess like which one was it just a uh did just happen to happen because of the flood or was there an actual intent behind the rainbow 
and the rainbow is so mythological it's known as you know rainbow road and mario i mean there's so (laughs) many things right it's like it's it's passed on from from day one we have the norris mythology of it um being like the bridge what's the what's the term rainbow bridge uh bifrost or something yeah bifrost bridge um and yeah yeah so you know what i'm saying so i think that there's importance behind it other than it just being like an effect of of our environment changing i guess is my point so is is the word firmament around in this this section of the bible it is certainly right well we already passed that part uh i think in actual hebrew it's just expanse I don't know if firmament is actually used. I could be wrong, but based off of my studies, I think the expanse is a better term, but that's just my opinion. That's what like helped. We, we went through that when uh, we were talking about like the flood, actually the floodgates opening. I think it was Genesis chapter one, actually when God created the world and the firmament and he called it the stars basically. (laughs) But anyway, that might not be relevant to your point. Sorry, what were, what were well, you saying so about it? I, I just look at the word firmament now with a little bit differently, you know, not as in like glass dome, you know, yeah, yeah. shaped we're in a snow globe sort of thing. I look at it a little right. bit differently, like like how people, how we have now come to look at the word government means to govern the mind. How we now look at the word entertainment, it means to hold the mind. So then now let's look at the word firmament. And let's think of the, the hermetic philosophy. Let's think of the hermetic philosophy. All is mind, right? So, and then, like we said before, how turning from mind into matter, right? That coming from the noose, that divine mind, and the spirit into form. Uh, and, and now let's look at the word firmament, which might not have been the original word, but just doing a little uh, dissecting mm-hmm. everything above the firmament is the non-corporeal it's the mind it's it's uh, you know according to okay let's not let's we're, we're yeah, talking bible sense. here it's the it's the non-corporeal everything below the firmament is is the this physical place we find ourselves yeah, um, yeah that makes sense. so that I mean, the rainbow of- the rainbow it 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 is a symbol of that firmament of that separation and you can see what it's saying here is like the connection between me and you, the connection between me and earth. Um, yeah. The covenant no, between. That makes sense. So it's like the rainbow is like. The relation. Highlighting. It's the hot. Yeah. It's like you take a highlight, <laughs> highlight the firmament. Everything <laughs> above that non-corporeal, everything below it. Corporeal. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That makes sense. That's a lot a- of people have said that in order to like go above the firmament, they've had to, you have to be like a spirit essentially. Like I've heard that from mm-hmm. numerous people so that makes sense sort of as like the rainbow uh being that bridge like you have to sort of you know the chakras or whatever you want to call it you have to access that spiritual realm in order to be able to uh, ascend I don't, I don't want to get too deep on it because i do want to get into this next part but i i always think of like joachim and boaz the two pillars and how Solomon had to create his temple and uh, the whole Moses story. And you had to have the two pillars because you had to create that connection to God. So there had to be that thing in between. And I kind of think of that as like the rainbow 
uh, connecting to the two pillars and creating the archway, which we see the arch and everything. Was that, and, was that photo that you had up on uh, Wikipedia? Was is that actually displaying that? I don't know what photo did I have up. On, on the Holocaust page. Oh, really? If you still have it. I think there was like an old depiction of something similar on the right top. Here. Yeah, there is. It says, Noah burning and if you think about the- on an altar to the Lord. This is by Gerard Hoet. G-E-R-A-R-D-H-O-E-T in 1728. And it has, um, I'm not sure who the center figure is, but he's looking up at the sky. And in the background, you see the sun shining through the clouds in a rainbow. And in the, in the deep back, it almost looks like, I don't know if that's like an arc or a big square house, a barn. I don't know. And then yeah, there's some I burnt offerings this, right it here. It said this was Noah. So yeah, this is Noah. So that's probably the ark. And then we have the the rainbow arc above it, essentially, is what it looks like. Um, and then so and what you were saying about the pillars, if you think about the top of the pillars, they do kind of look like clouds. So that is an interesting point you bring up. Yeah. Um well, the, I don't know if this is Noah. There's three three dudes right here, and then there's Three girls down here, and then okay, maybe that's his and wife. Him and Jpeth and his yeah, that wife. Must be his and wife and, and their the wives and then his sons. Okay, I was like, there's one too many, but no, that's right. Uh, so yeah, this is two interesting picture. In the yeah, you got camels, yeah. elephants, uh, reindeer, possibly, and horses. But who is that spreading her arms open like to the altar? Like, yeah, it's one of the wives offering probably it. Noah's wife, I would guess, just because okay. the other ones seem more huddled around the brother. Is that a water pitcher beside her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe. I mean, yes, it is. Good, good assumption. And a well, yeah, cleaver. A Look at that cleaver. Woo. Yeah. Noah's wife, I, I think she was a, <laughs> a witch. Oh yeah, she was. Just kidding. I'm ju- oh, I'm just kidding. That's I want to get into to this next part. <laughs> uh, this is verse eighteen with Noah's sons. Do you do you want to read it, Nomad, or I can go, or PK? Even you can read it too, man. Morgan, anybody? No. I'll go for it. I, Noah's I like sons, <laughs> starting at Noah's verse eighteen. Yeah. yeah, you can read it from yours. And the sons too. of Noah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. I'll just read yours here. Okay. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. Noah's shame and Canaan's curse. And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew that his younger son had done unto him. 
And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren, Shem's blessing and Noah's death. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years, and all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. Genesis chapter 9. Excellent. Thank you. I think this is uh, very interesting right here. Um, I do want to get into like Noah, Shem, uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, but it said Noah began to be a husbandman. Uh, so this is after the flood, right? And he planted a vineyard. So that took a while. And he drank of wine and was drunken. So it's very interesting. He already knew how to make wine after he got off the boat. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't knew. think so because the hydrologic the hydrological system had changed. Right. So maybe he was planting planting grapes and literally doing fruit being fruitful of the earth literally and uh because of the strange fruit on the ground it is fermented wine. Fermented I mean, <laughs> well, that's a wild weave right there, Dan. Because, uh, because of the blood from the ground. And it, it sort of shed. connects you with the spirit realm, right? That's very interesting. <laughs> um, I, they're called spirits. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have to think on that one some more. But I, I, I would be curious to see what the oldest reference is of alcohol uh, because, or of wine, I guess, specifically. because. I feel like there's probably older references, but I'm not sure. And again, though, talking about his age, and I like how we talked last week about Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Noah was also known as like the, what, what was it? I don't remember the Utnapishnam, but he was like known of as the, like, the man who lived forever, essentially. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact terminology, but like he yeah. was the, the immortal man. I think immortal that's what man, they called yep. him. Yeah, and so... Um, sort of my theory on that was because he was like the person of old he still had that genealogy that lifespan that long lifespan so for the people after the flood they would have thought that he would live forever because they were dying off while he's still kicking making wine you know what i mean um but how do you guys like how does that we have these different stories that sort of um confirm each other where do you think the other people came from like in the Epic of Gilgamesh in Ar- Aruk, is that what it was? The the city that he was king of? Yeah. Um, where did these people come from? If Noah there. was known, that's what I'm saying. Like, do we think that in a different area they survived still? Or like were these somehow because if the offspring after Noah, did they just not live as long for some reason? That's what I'm trying to figure out. That doesn't mm-hmm. really make sense to me. I mean, it makes sense if it was an environment thing, like the environment was different. And so we lived shorter 120 years is what God said it would be. Yeah. Um, but why did Noah still live so long? Yeah, that's well, kind of interesting. If it was environment. If it was essence, environment. Well, the environment of Noah was like an I mean, essentially a scene in nature, like he came up with the, the Essenes, probably the first cult ever other than the Pythagoreans, but Noah 
definitely um, his the way that people viewed him. They didn't even take his drunkenness as a sin in the uh, Yeshua Torah assembly. Like when they go over it, they they don't even take his drunkenness like as a flaw of his. Like he was just doing what he was supposed to do. Right. Well, what I'm getting at is if Noah was known as the immortal man and other people in different cultures recognized him as such, why was he living longer after the flood, but not other people? Was it perhaps just because he was blessed by God or Mm. do you get what I'm asking? Well, because of the seed he came from, because they all live that long. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so I guess, but it seems like after yes. that, people only lived to be 120. So yeah. uh, I guess there was just a, maybe a delay. I, think, <laughs> or, I don't know. I think Morgan's on to it. Or, right there. The, seed, the seed was pure. It was closer to, yeah, to God. And it then was afterwards, closer to the source. As it got diluted, the people scene. started to live shorter yeah. lifespans. Because even right here, it does say there are three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. So that means even Gilgamesh came from... They tilled the soil. In that sense. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's, I guess, what I was getting at. So essentially we're saying that Gilgamesh was from Noah, but it was like maybe so long that they just didn't know or like they forgot. (laughs) Yeah, or they kept one, a strong bloodline, and that's what these deities were. And and yeah, it's a story that strong about bloodline, the, the the deities kept their strength, but from the other ones they got watered down. Just kind of like how everybody talks about the kingship of England now and how they're all inbred and they keep their you know their bloodline strong by sleeping with their cousins and sisters and shit. You know, I think it's I think it's quite possible too that all of this is sort of. Um, it was originally encoded with like divine mathematics or what we would call sacred geometry and these numbers and these names, you know, the, the, the Hebrews wrote this stuff quite, quite coded, you know, and, and gematria was, was a thing back then. And I think that it's quite possible. We've come such a long way that we've uh, lost some of it. It's not as obvious anymore. We, I have Noah here means rest. Shem means character uh keenan or or yafet mm. means wonder him means hot keenan means lowered um it's like completely different yeah than, than what it, what it you know the hebrew the original whatever uh, and that's like, what happens when you translate keep in mind mm-hmm. too that the king james version was possibly edited or even written somewhat by francis bacon Alchemist, yeah, a king. I at, think there's a lot encoded for encoding sure. things. So um, that's why it's good to read from other books and uh see, see what the verbiage that they use in there is because this one you could definitely say the reason why they structure the sentences that way this way, in which we talked about it before. There's always like 25 to 28 or 30 lines per chapter there's no more than that you know what i mean so this almost seems like they had a they're keeping in some type of sequential order Lunar. where they could only put Lunar so many calendar. lines per chapter 
and they had to bring whatever they could into that and that was it and so a lot of stuff got left out but which is why we went into the book of enoch and talked into the book of enoch about kind of this noah story a little bit because that brings to light a lot more uh uh details of what may have transpired rather than the biblical version because it's kind of cut and dry they don't they don't spend too much time on telling you about too much except for like the things that are important that you need to know and the rest is kind of like oh that we we can cut all that stuff out that yeah the cuneiform tablets were only so big dan they could only fit 28 (laughs) verses on I mean, the Ark yeah. of the Covenant wasn't that big, and they were able to seemingly fit ten tablets in there. So <laughs> that's what well, that's what I the, it arc, makes... the Ark fit Sorry. millions of animals, apparently. So yeah, that's what I'm saying, and people. Uh, yeah, that's why it makes some of this question the whole thing, though. That's that's of... why I think some of it is mythology. You know, some of it is Jason that, and the Argonauts of yes. legend. Some of it is true. There's truth in it. But then also, like, it's covered up with, like, legends. I think it's, the same about Jesus. I think Jesus was a great guy, and he probably wanted people change and everything. But they put this legend on him of being a God-man, and then so he became perfect. I I highly doubt that he was perfect or actually of some spirit. So do you believe in other spirits, Dan? Um like i believe in energies yes uh and energy but as not, spirit you could say like uh, sentient, but, sentient energy i guess you could say yeah i would say uh, uh you know dude ask me tomorrow <laughs> I, might, I might change my mind i might change think, my mind you think all That's the most the real answer are, ever are just made up <laughs> Huh? Well, see, like all of the interactions of all, not only in mythology, but like present day, all of those experiences are just all like mental, just well, I think people not see, external entities. I think people see energy, yeah, for sure. And I well, think people in their mind has choice decode that energy how they want to, yeah, sure. Energy that sentient have choice, yeah. Like they can, they have free will. Like they can choose to do things. No, I think they repeat no. their own patterns. Uh, in a lot of the ghost stories, like the stomping around and the movements, uh, they seem to stay in that sure, same area. I, they seem to repeat the same thing over and over. There, I think they're stuck in a loop, and that energy is stuck there, and so it just keeps continuing in the same loop because everything within this realm is loops and circles and cyclical so yeah i mean i think that those exist but you don't think there's anything outside of that i guess is my question because i i agree that those entities exist those those are more energies that are stuck or like a uh, remnants of like an archived file but i think there's also sentient energies outside of our existence outside of our yeah any first-hand experience with that nomad yeah i mean i've talked about it many times but i've had an encounter with a serpent a floating serpent or you know we've talked about like perhaps this was where we get the story of amaruka the plumed serpent um we see like carvings everywhere right and i didn't know any of this until after my trip i had to do a lot of research 
Um, but yeah, essentially I had a floating serpent in my face that was telling me it had, it could give me wisdom and knowledge beyond my wildest dreams. That was Eve. Uh, I said no and rebuked it in Jesus's name, but essentially that was my experience and it was very vivid. I remember doing a test, like looking to see like, oh, there's nothing over there. I'd look back and it was still right there. Right. Um, and it's like, it couldn't harm me, but it could definitely talk to me. And like, it had a, like, uh, intelligence about it. it was like we were telepathically connected and um, after I said no to it I had this like vision this flash of like all of humans history from like uh, Adam and Eve to like the Greeks and the Romans and all of this and and how the serpent was sort of manipulating mankind um, and giving like advice and wisdom what I now have come to understand as worthless wisdom this just to help <laughs> it sort of have its own agenda meant met if that makes sense. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I have had uh, awesome. quite a crazy experience. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I have I have heard heard that was uh, it, story before. Yeah, that's was profound. It, was it drug induced though, or was it just a dream? Yeah, it was. Oh it yeah. Was. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, so, so I mean, sometimes that's you necessary. Will, but if you're I doing drugs to see spirits, are spirits real, or are you just have delusions? Well, that's what I'm saying. It was that's so ex- it was so external, though. Like it was things that I didn't know about. I had to go and research to to collaborate to con- to sort of confirm what I like. I didn't know anything about the shapes of serpents. It was so right. specific. It had a diamond shape. I didn't know that there were even different shapes of heads. It was like uh, green and and uh, green and like brown. So I researched like what kind that was, and it was like okay, this is looked like a python. And then uh, there's so many connections to the Greek mythology of the great Our python dragons. being thrown in the pits yeah. by Apollo yeah. or by, uh, by Apollo. And then um, so there's like this crazy connection. And then all of the technology that we have today is pretty much ran off of code that's called Python. And so oh, yeah. it's just like all of these random connections to me that really it felt very external. And so, yeah, you could say it was just a figment of my what? imagination or my brain going crazy. But in my opinion, it wasn't so. Well, technically, you are all figments of my imagination because I'm looking at you. um, We're scrying through black screens. Yes. And yeah, so. But it's we're all within our own vessels. Would you not say that? Like, consciousness, which is that of Sophia, which is Eve and the serpent that you saw. It's not. Well, so what's your what's your point? I'm hearing voices in my head. I don't know about y'all. Which is, it's you guys. <laughs> uh, I was like, whoa, what are they saying? Spirits. Did you take drugs? <laughs> that's why I said, that's why I said, whoa, when you said like. No, it's you guys. It's you the guys. serpent was saying evil things and, and fake, fake stories. Because we're scrying. Because like, to me, the serpent is, fake the it's the female goddess. It's, it's the goddess divinity. And it's knowledge. Uh, Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, and she gained knowledge from eating that apple or that so-called apple. Knowledge of evil. Was it evil? The it knowledge was the of knowledge good of good and, and evil. evil. Good and evil. Exactly. So she now knew what was I think, the difference between right and wrong. She 
didn't know that before everything was just whatever because we didn't have a consciousness she brought consciousness into the world and that's what sophia is and the akashic record is that shared consciousness that we've had now what's throughout so all bad time. about that nothing's bad I'm, I'm saying nothing's bad about it praying to god your rod grows fucking flowers like come so, on <laughs> I think that we there were two kingdoms, and I think that the serpent, because of pride, the fallen, wanted its own kingdom. The only other kingdom available was evil. When we took of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we now understand evil. We, before that, we didn't. We were just a part of good. God created it, and it was good. That's kind of my perspective on it. And so, yeah, we gained knowledge. We gained wisdom, but I think it was worthless wisdom. I think it was not for our best interest and i don't think we were just um like we were un i don't think we were unconscious beings before that i think we very much had conscious and we had a choice we had a free will it was just that we were put in paradise we were put in god's perfect will and then the tree of knowledge of good and evil was god's permissible will saying if you want to go down that path you can but it's not how i intended it it wasn't part of the perfect plan and now we're dealing with the ramifications of that yeah i understand what we're you're always saying. dealing with but the ramifications we came into civilization i think civilization is is the big point of that is living together and be, and needing tools and needing things to survive and constantly coming up with inventions and things to keep us occupied and busy. Uh, civilization brings that about, like even look at like today with cities, that's where most of like crime and, you know, all these other types of things happen because people are living so close to each other that it mm -hmm. makes people have disharmony in themselves being out that's why you see a lot of people now moving out to places where they they're out of society somewhat and can uh survive on their own and we're uh i think we're making a trend back to that but is that good though or is that bad too because you know there's there's goods and bad aspects to just about everything uh so i mean in a way i think that if we weren't if eve so-called Eve didn't necessarily eat from the apple of knowledge to know good and evil. Where would we be today? We would just be gnomes in the garden, telling the land. We'd be chilling, having... eating fruit, just playing in the ocean, and not having to do <laughs> bullshit for somebody else. I mean, well, even in the garden, even do anything what if you're, to benefit what if you're mankind? playing in the ocean? Offended me though. Would <laughs> you know, that be? Is that? Is that good? I, I think just saying. Well, like, you wouldn't we're have all, to. We were play all in the good. Ocean. What do you mean? I don't know. We were all good is such a subjective thing to say. Like it's a, it's a like, yeah, it sounds great. But when you think about it, like, what the hell does that mean? Like, what? I don't think, I you know, we what, what is that? Fuck. Primal. What, what uh, well, is all me, good? I mean, we were yeah. all good. Again, this is personal, right? Like it's based yes. off of research. It's based off of history. But for me, I have found more peace and comfort when I get closer to the land and closer to sort of um, doing things to maintain and be stewards of the earth. Like, I think that was our intention. I think mm -hmm. that is within us is to be yep. stewards of the earth, to take care of each other, take care of animals, take care of the earth. 
And yeah, many people may not like that. And maybe that doesn't sound great to them. Uh, I don't know. But I'm just speaking from personal experience. And mm -hmm. if we're just chilling, e eating fruit, and it's like just growing and like, that sounds like a nice life to me. Um, right. But then somebody's yeah. going to come up to you and be like, well, your fruit looks better than mine. Uh, your apple is more red. I want your apple. Give it to me now. And you're going to be like, but this is my apple, man. And well, I think it was more abundant and beforehand. I think it was like before the change, before the deluge. Uh, before really? We you don't think humans have always been humans? That's why we, from dust we came and <laughs> to dust we shall return. And that was Can the way, that was the first fall. <laughs> yeah, that we first have, we've of... had that within us. <laughs> Clearly, because we made the choice. That's what I'm saying. So I'm yeah. making a choice to get back to how I believe God intended it. I love that. So, and I, I respect that I so much. I love you, Nomad. But you would just so you know, like a I lot of people you. would think that is very much a pagan way of living also. Well, yes. Or, I, mean, I don't or, care what label you put on it. I mean, I think. Or that, communistic. I think the pagans would disagree with my beliefs because I believe Jesus Christ is the example of the Most High incarnated on earth. I think he is the only one that we've had that has been a true example. Um, so that's probably that. where me and the pagans would disagree. I haven't found a better example of how to treat each other uh, on like a selfless level. Fair I enough. respect you. Fair enough. I love you, man. Okay, I got to bounce out. Bye, Morgan. <laughs> Good night, Bye, Morgan. I... Bye, Morgan. Peace. Thank you. Call me. I will. Love you, babe. Love you. Um, I love you too, Nomad. And I don't. I don't want to. Uh, Dan, I love you too, PK. I don't yeah, want to like. Too, I don't want to come across. I don't want to bash. Uh, on yeah. you too hard because oh, I, I appreciate I'm not your, your own. Bring it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I, I appreciate y'all. I don't own. even take it that way at all. I appreciate your opinion. I, I feel like we're ganging up on you a little bit and I, I kind of don't like it that much, but I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, I love it. I love oh, you the do, banter. You so, okay. Well, yeah, because I'm so, like, I'm so strong in my faith. Like, I have nothing. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm that's saying? Great. Like, I think when people get so pushy, it's like, they're being pushy about their faith and they're getting like defensive because they don't, they like misery loves company. Like they need other people to sort of uh, solidify it for them. But I don't feel that way at all. Like I feel so, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, please say, well, I think a lot of people don't understand what it is that they actually believe. So when you question them about their right. beliefs or their ideas, they have a hard time even defending it because they've never even read one chapter of the Bible before and they proclaim right. themselves to be a Christian. So when you ask them about what it is, or you ask them about why they think that way and they have no answers, they get pissed off and frustrated and just want to yell at you instead. You know what I mean? And you're confident <laughs> right. in yourself says, because you understand what it is that you believe in because you have read it what, at the time. So what authority says that? that you have to read the Bible to be a Christian? Like who, who I mean, makes that call? Nobody. But I mean, if you're going to put some Ikea furniture together, you should probably read the instructions first. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Fair point. You know, I could be like, hey, I'm Buddhist. I've never read whatever it is that the Buddhists believe in. 
Like, how can I call myself a Buddhist if I've never even? Yeah, but what if you watched a bunch of YouTube videos? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, dude. Your YouTube Jesus is the man. You know. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, people can go to church and and they can listen to uh, the preacher and everything, and they can have their faith and they can have their community and all that stuff, and that's all great. I mean, if that's what they want, that's fine. But like, if if you're gonna believe in something wholeheartedly, like, why wouldn't you take the time to read the manual? Well, okay. Well, here, here's more my point. Like, the, there's you know how there's the KJV. That's that's the book you're going to find in church you know yeah. other churches use other bibles but you're never going to find the apocrypha you're never going to find the the old you know nagamati you're never going to find the I old think you're stuff even that's, forbidden that's, to find those things right and so you know what if you read those books you know what if, what if you read those books are you a christian it's just like um to read this this bible that you know i I have this very interesting PDF. It's it's a uh, it's titled Old Bibles, and it basically is all about the the Bibles that were before the 1611 mm-hmm. um, King James, all, all the previous ones, and it gets like very hard to read because English the our English language literally it changed so much, uh, seemingly just from you know 1400 to 1600. It's almost like a, a new language. It seems yeah. like. Didn't have so, Shakespeare's touch on it. No, not at all. And so these these old Bibles, it's just so interesting to see how much they even changed, uh, you know, into the 1611 that we have. And then how the story is that all these other versions of Bibles came from that, you know. And then it leaves out all of these other books. Who knows, you know, th- that were discovered what recently and relatively speaking, which is kind of sketch, but. Who cares? Because the information is information. It says what it says. It, it, you either, you know, take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Who cares? Like, you know, totally. if it's sketch where they came from. That's how I feel about it, at least. And, and, yeah, uh, no, I agree. Cause there's a yeah. lot of wisdom in the Bible and people try Absolutely. to say that it's been manipulated and stuff. And sure, maybe Doesn't it has, matter, but right? like you read right. Proverbs and you'll just be more successful. Like there's just so much no, like, like practical agree. wisdom in the Bible. So if people were, I mean, and sure, like maybe we've been uh, put on a wrong path or something, but when you find a book and something that resonates with you and it helps you grow, I think that's beneficial overall. And it doesn't matter where it came from or when it came from. Right. Agreed. And that's why we're doing this podcast. And so thank you, Dan. And that's why you need to like look into the what it says. That's, you need to know what it says. Like, it, what is your yeah. belief based on if you're not actually reading the manual? That's all I'm saying. And I would say meditate on it too. Like, pray on it. Like, when you read something, like, really take time to see how it, how you, how it resonates with you. Don't just take it based on the words that it's saying, but like, take time to actually, like, chew on it right like pray about it like really see how it feels you know not just oh this is what it said and it's super old so it must be fact you know what i mean well that's what's so cool about it yeah like i was just gonna uh, say meditate on it you'll find good good i was just gonna say even to (laughs) to like read it and then not pray or to pray and not read it like you're not you're not like doing the whole you're not 
combining all you're not finishing the task you know but right. in earlier episodes we talked about like how you finish a task you you come for full circle you get into your bed and then when you get out of your bed if you just leave it a mess you didn't finish that task so you have to get into your bed get out of your bed make your bed and return it to where it was in order to finish that task and if you're not reading what you believe in or at least following it to its extent then are you really believing in it or are you just is it just a tool just in case i think a lot of people are somewhat like or a label or a way to make you yourself feel better and that's the thing is like i don't like the sort of fear based right like some people will use it like oh I was told if I don't believe this, that I'm going to hell Mm. or, you know, like I'm not, I don't like that methodology. Like, I don't think that's really it. Like you should really do the internal work to try to connect with what you believe in and not just, I don't think we should really make any decisions based off fear. So just a random disclaimer. Do you you believe that there's a hell that uh, one can go when they die? I mean, yeah, because we have so many example and hell could be semantics, right? Like, I don't know exactly what hell is, but we have so many examples of like near death experiences where they've had like a life review, right? And they saw how they treated everybody. And I think that if you really treated somebody poorly, you're going to experience that and you're going to live through that. What I also believe is that God is a a redemptive God. And so I think there's always going to be a way out. I don't think anything is like eternally you're cursed you'll never have a way back like i think there's always a redemption yeah that's beautiful reminds me of law right uh king james and law has has a lot to do together and that that'd be there's always a remedy right Uh, you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um well this was awesome guys i gotta get out of here soon but this has been a really great conversation pk i'm glad that you jumped on yeah yeah me too thanks for the invite this has been great yeah. i appreciate it i do uh remember we're on chapter nine because i do want to finish this thing about noah's sons i know we read it but there's a lot more in here especially with uh this whole uh no um uh, he noah got drunk basically and was uncovered within his tent and ham the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and his two and told his two brethren without and Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. This whole part right here is the big deal because this is what curses Canaan because that's the son of Ham and because Canaan, because Ham saw Noah's nakedness he cursed his generation. So there's a lot to get into about if there are some sexual acts, if it was a stealing of a garment. Uh, I believe Joshua the branch brought up the stealing of the garment, just like in uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, how Jacob took Esau's garment, his hunting coat, uh, and then, you know, he even covered himself to make him. S- himself seem like Esau and be hairy uh unto his father to receive the blessings. So I think there's a lot to uncover still here. Uh because this whole yeah. curse thing plays out through pretty much the rest of the Old Testament when it gets into the lineages and everything and uh the servitude of of the cursed Canaan 
and the Canaanites and why the Canaanites were evil and why they were not part of God's plan and all, all that yeah. other, all that other stuff. So I do want to get back into that, but, uh, yeah, this was a good episode though. Thanks, uh, PK for joining us. I appreciate it, man. That was fun. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And, uh, Nomad, you got uh, anything going on you want to share with the people? Uh, you guys can find uh, my podcast, my music, my merch at my website. It's nomad.art, G-N-O-M-A-D dot art. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any comments on what we've talked about or just want to chat about anything else. I love to get other people's opinions and feedback. So please reach out. I love you all. This has been great. Excellent. PK, I don't know much about you, bud. You got anything to share? No, I, I don't have any plugs or anything. Just want to want to say I really appreciate the the invite, and uh, this was super fun. Um, kind of love digging into the into the Bible, into scripture like this, and and love to hear different opinions. Uh, and you guys were were great, so can't thank you enough. Awesome, man. Yep, this is what we do here. Uh, try to uncover everything that we possibly can leave no stone unturned and with the knowledge that we have obviously uh, so it's great to hear insight from other people too and bring them in uh, this is the first time for us but uh, possibly not the last so if anybody else wants to uh, join in the fodder feel free to hit up no matter I and you can reach me on Instagram at Danny Naki Dan uh, but otherwise, thank you all. Love you. Be good out there. Stop deceiving people. <laughs> Love y'all. Peace. I'm regenerating, Peace. raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining. It's a celebration. Go and tell the nation. We're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting. I've been stuck in my ways, man. I'm regenerating, raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation Blessings raining, it's a celebration Go and tell the nation, we're all saved by grace And I know I ain't boasting, I've been stuck in my ways, man I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God keep giving me grace I'm giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise Giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks